Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We want to hear about your ministry or a ministry you love. Text the word ACTION to 484848 and a producer will contact you for your idea. It was a hot summer day in St. Louis and I had just moved into a new house and I was out working in my garage and suddenly there was a man standing by the side of my house. And at first I was a little startled and I didn't know who this person was, but it didn't take me long to realize that Brian was special. And not only was he someone um, not to fear, but he was someone um, to embrace and learn to be a friend of. Brian was a person with a developmental disability. He was living with his elderly parents next door. Um, Brian was a joy. He walked the neighborhood dogs. He loved the children in the neighborhood. And his love for animals and children and people were infectious. And his joy in life made it impossible not to love him in return. Brian is just one of the roughly 61 million adults in the United States living with some type of disability. The one in four people in America who experience life with a disability often need help with housing, employment, daily living, and education. But they also desire to be connected and be a part of a faith community. How can the church care for them and meet their spiritual needs? Bethesda Lutheran Communities has a great passion for people living with disabilities and is taking great strides to educate, advocate for, and empower them. Hear how they carry out this mission each day on this Action in Ministry. Inspiring you to be the hands. Empowering you to be the feet. Strengthening you to be the heart of Christ for others. Action. Action. Action in Ministry. Hi, I'm Rachel Legute, and this is Action in Ministry. Joining us today is Mike Thurtle, formerly the Executive Vice President and Vice President for Strategy and Information Services. He's now the CEO of Bethesda Lutheran Communities and is personally passionate about fulfilling the mission of Bethesda to serve and care for those with developmental and intellectual disability. Mike, we're so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks, Rachel. It's an honor to be here today. Let's start by talking a little bit about Bethesda, the background, and what it is and how it came to be. Bethesda is a faith-based organization, Christian organization, headquartered in Watertown, Wisconsin. And we've been around for 117 years, serving people with intellectual and developmental disabilities across the nation. In fact, we're the second largest faith-based organization that does what we do, and that's taking care of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. The organization itself, we've got thousands of employees. We support thousands of people. We're looking to grow the organization right now to support more and more people, and we, we can talk a little bit about that today as well for your audience. Mm-hmm. But it's really it's a beautiful mission, and it's a mission that we're affiliated with the Lutheran Church Missouri Center, the LCMS. And what that means to us is that we are in the sidecar, so to speak, with the church theologically, and we truly believe it's at the center of our mission that every single person, all our brothers and sisters, can be saved. And regardless of their intellectual capability or IQ or where they're at in life, as long as they believe in Jesus, they'll be saved. And that's that's really what drives us on a daily basis here. What are some of the ways that you take care of people um, with intellectual and developmental disabilities? You know, when you told your story about Brian, uh, it reminded me of the myriad of things that we do, uh, from residential supports, and that's really been our core mission since 1903, 
Bethesda started essentially as an orphanage here in Wisconsin, and it was taking care of kids at that point, kids between the ages of 3 and 12 in a home here in Wisconsin. And that mission's grown into residential supports across the country. So we support people in group homes and apartments and other living arrangements and facilities, independent living. We have, a, we have a portfolio of different ways that we support people residentially. So that can mean anything from 24-7 support with our staff who are out there in the homes or apartments to, in some cases, just intermittent supports where somebody needs a little bit of extra help, either preparing food, going to the grocery store, or helping them get to a job. So it really kind of ranges. On the, we also support people in employment. We do job training and job coaching. Uh, we actually started an educational program about five years ago up at Concordia University in Mequon in Wisconsin. We have students who spend two years at Concordia in a college environment. They live in the dorms. They go to the classes with other college students. They come out of that program with better independent living skills and different ways of being able to cope on their own and do things and flourish. Um, there's a host of different kinds of things we do, but at the center of it, it's always about people with intellectual developmental disabilities and enabling them to live the lives that they want. I Just listening to uh, the breadth of, of opportunities that people would have through Bethesda speaks to the different levels of abilities in the people that you're working with. How do you... How do people find you and, and learn about your services, and how do you get them connected with the right type of care and support? Yeah, it can happen various ways, Rachel. Um, one way typically for us is it works through the government. People that we support residentially in homes or apartments, they essentially receive funding support through Medicaid funding uh, through the government, through their state governments. And so essentially what will happen is a family will be in need, and they'll seek out <clears throat> those residential supports. And it'll happen through a case manager in a, a county or a state. For example, like where you guys are at in St. Louis, we operate in the St. Louis area. So family would go to the state or the county and say, hey, we need help. And they would put us in contact with that family. And then we begin to make sure that's a good fit for that person to live in our, our homes or our facilities. Other cases, it's word of mouth. It happens through the churches. Mm-hmm. happens on their social engagements or somebody will give us a ring, and then we'll work with that family or that group to see if it makes sense. So for someone who's listening who hasn't had the opportunity to be inside of a group home and see what community and life looks like in those spaces, what could someone expect if they were to look at the ministry that Bethesda offers? So if you were driving around any average neighborhood in the United States of America, there are group homes located in just about every neighborhood. You wouldn't even realize it. In fact, here in Wisconsin, where I'm located at, right across the street from where our corporate headquarters is at, there's a neighborhood. And in that neighborhood, we've got three Bethesda group homes. They're not all next to each other. They're kind of scattered around that neighborhood of 100 homes. And if you're driving through there or deliver mail through the post office, you wouldn't know if it's a group home or just another neighborhood home in that area. So these homes look just like any other home, like any other residential area. Inside that home, We typically have anywhere from four to six people um, living in a home. They'll all have their own bedroom. We have staff who are there to help them uh, with their daily activities. Like I mentioned earlier, it could be helping them with meal preparation. It could help helping them get to a doctor's appointment or get to church or get to a job. Uh, You might see a Bethesda van in a driveway. It won't actually say Bethesda on it because we try to make sure that we're part of that community, not just standing out. We want this to be integrated into the local communities for people to be basically be able to live in that same kind of world that everybody else gets to live in. So it's, it's a very integrated, inclusive kind of a, approach in that sense. 
Do you find that as people are living in the group homes that they are getting integrated into the neighborhoods and the communities where they're living? Are they able to connect with neighbors? We do. You know, it really depends. It's like anything else in life. It really depends on where you live and who's around you and what's happening. Um, Many of the places where we operate, we have homes, we have support people in apartments and living. It's very integrated in the sense that they do participate in their communities. There's a, we actually operate up in Frankenmuth, Michigan. I don't know if you've ever been to Frankenmuth. Mm-hmm. It's north of Detroit, about two hours. And in that community, we have a couple different homes there. The people that we support in those homes, they, they walk to church on a Sunday. They actually work in that community. It's a, it's a cute little community that's very focused on, on uh, local kinds of shops and restaurants, and they work and they, they recreate there. Um, they're they're fully integrated in that community, you know. So really, it depends a lot on the community how people are accepting of people with disabilities and how they get them involved as well. How have you seen people respond to the people you serve and support? Some communities, I think, are much more sensitized and and um, appreciative of integration, and other places aren't. And mm-hmm. I've seen both sides of the spectrum, you know. And I I would be telling you I wouldn't be telling the truth if I told you it was all great because it's not. We've had situations where. We wanted to start a new group home in a community, and I personally have gone to the village meetings with city councils, and it's amazing some of the biases that exist in our country today in 2020, mm-hmm. how people look at people with autism or Down syndrome a certain kind of way. They look at them a certain kind of way, like people used to look at people like this in the early 20th century or 19th century. Mm-hmm. That's very antiquated thinking. The beautiful part, though, today, I think, though, is our society is much more sensitive to this. I'm 52 years old. And when I went to junior high and high school back in the 70s and 80s, we did have uh, integration in the classrooms that I went to in northern Illinois where we had students who would sit in our classrooms, and they're right down the hallway. So I think my generation and younger generations are probably much more sensitive to this. Um, We're used to it. We're used to being in classrooms or social environments with people with disabilities. You know, some other groups may not be, and it really depends on where you're at in the country, too, and just like anything else. But for the most part... In our society today, you see people with Down syndrome and autism on TV today, on TV shows, mm-hmm. you see them in the media. It's just much more integrated today than I think it's ever been, which is great. And we continue to, to, to proceed in that direction as a nation. I love it. I, I mean, I have a connection to these these communities as well, having um, served in a home for children with disabilities and lived there as well. And um, I have a friend who adopted uh, two young girls, one of which has um, cerebral palsy and another girl who has Down syndrome. And whenever she posts pictures of her daughter to social media, her hashtag is always so very able. Um, and so like her connection is saying, instead of connecting with them from a place of their disability, connect with them from a place of all the things that they are capable of. And um, it's really a beautiful flip of that script. And I see that Bethesda is really working to connect people to their local communities and to their local faith communities. Just hearing you say people walk to their local churches, what does it mean for the people in Bethesda communities to connect with a local church? So we we really try hard to make sure that every single person that we support with disabilities has the opportunity to get to church, to engage with their local congregations, and we honor everybody's faith. So we support people of all different faiths, mm-hmm. and so we make sure that we we integrate them as much as possible into those local congregations. I used to go to a congregation in northern Illinois, and this is actually before I, I joined Bethesda six years ago, before I even heard about Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the back of our church every Sunday, um, there was a group of people that would show up, and I used to refer to it as joyful noise. 
Uh-huh. Um, they would they'd make all kinds of racket in the back of the church, but it was beautiful and it was wonderful because there were people with intellectual developmental disabilities. In fact, I didn't even realize it, but they were Bethesda people. And it wasn't until I, I came to Watertown, Wisconsin and joined Bethesda that I realized that that was one of our, our group homes down there where the staff was taking these guys to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We actually confirmed and communed people with disabilities there. They actually went through confirmation class, mm-hmm. just like any other student went through confirmation class. Um, we, we were very fully integrated. Just like we were talking earlier about different parts of the country, there are some congregations that are, just don't get it, and mm-hmm. they, they have difficulty integrating. And that's where we try to really work the problem hard is to educate people is to get them more information. Because I think, like most things in life, when you become educated about a problem or an issue, you have less of a bias towards it, then because you understand that these are truly brothers and sisters in Christ, regardless of their abilities. And I was going to make a point, too, about how, you know, at the end of the day, every one of us has some form of ability or disability. Some are more apparent than others. I love the way you flipped the coin around and said, you know, focus on the abilities. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do, too. Um, there was a phrase I've heard in the past about we're Americans, not Americans. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing about abilities. It's like, let's focus on the positive attributes. Let's talk about how these are all people in the kingdom. You know, it's interesting, too, to listen to you talk about a congregation that ha- that is very integrated um, with, with, a com- with a Bethesda community, right? And, like, how that impacts the people in the congregation that they're coming into as well, um, just being able to educate and open people's eyes to see the massive amounts of ability and skills and gifts that um, that are also located within the Bethesda community. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, you know, it's, it's like many things in life. You know, God works through us, works through other people, works through situations. And and I'm somebody who, I worked in the secular world uh, my entire professional life until I joined Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Never been in a faith-based position before, so to speak, as a profession. And one of the things, one of the reasons I came to this organization uh, was because of faith, because I wanted to enhance my own faith and understand more and be able to give back. Uh, I went to a, a Bible study about three years ago in one of our group homes. One of our pastors was there. Uh, worshiping with people in that home. And he was doing a Christmas sermon, essentially, a Christmas Bible study. And I'll never forget, I was sitting there with this group of seven or eight people, and the pastor said to the people sitting around, what is the one thing that the angel always says in the Bible when they appear? And I'm sitting there, and I'm not a theologian. Uh-huh. And I'm really scratching my head, and I'm like, Gosh, I don't know if I know the answer to this question. I hope he doesn't call on me. <laughs> and I should have known it. And, and one of the people that we support, one of the people with intellectual developmental disabilities, shouts out, do not be afraid. Oh. And I thought that was wonderful. You know, I hear things like that, and I've seen things like that. I've seen how God works through people with any ability. And it's amazing how wonderful and beautiful the people are that we support. They're very innocent in some ways. They are, they are truly people that, that God has created us all in His image, right? And it's like, I can see it when we're out there, and just the emotions and the touch and talking to people, and everybody communicates differently. And just you can see the influence of God throughout everything that we do. Mm-hmm. But one other thing I wanted to mention, and you, I should have, I should have uh, mentioned this earlier when we talked about how we how we help people with with their faith. Um, we've got a program here at Bethesda called Face to Face. In fact, it's something that Lutheran Hour Ministries has been working with us on. Um, it's really it's about building relationships with people with disabilities in congregations. This is a way to be able to support those congregations to enable them to integrate people into their communities, whether it's Christian schools 
or Christian organizations or churches. And we looked at this as a first step towards communicating and building those relationships and strengthening for people to belong there effectively. I wonder how your faith has been impacted personally through your work with Bethesda. How much time do you have? (laughs) Oh, I mean, like, you start talking. (laughs) I want to hear it all. (laughs) You know, so I've always been somebody who's gone to church. Um, I've been somebody who, in the past, was I'm a Bible reader. I need to always read more. Um, I was never somebody who looked at a vocation in the church professionally because it's just the way the track that I was on. I was a military officer early in my career. Air Force officer, went to the Air Force Academy for undergrad, um, served the nation, went to grad school. I spent most of my life as a consultant in the national security space, working with people in the Pentagon and the White House, other places in the United States and the Department of Defense. And literally, I was praying about 10 years ago, and my prayer went something like this. God, I, I really am looking for a leadership opportunity, looking for an opportunity to serve you, to serve other people. And my mission fields were always the Pentagon. I spent 20 years in the building work with senior leaders, and I thought this is where God wants me to be, is to help influence national security policy and help the nation. And literally about six months after I started praying on this, uh, God answered that prayer. And I didn't realize that God was answering that prayer at the time. Mm. Uh, and the prayer, the prayer led me in a direction to where I actually received a phone call uh, out of the blue from an executive search firm that was looking to hire uh, a vice president of strategy at this place called Bethesda. Now, when I first heard about it, I thought, I'm not a social services guy. I've never worked with people with disabilities, with the exception of having volunteered at Special Olympics when I was a cadet at the Air Force Academy. And I thought, you know what, I just don't know a lot about this. I know a lot about economics and a lot about statistics and a lot about process improvement, but I don't know a lot about this. And I thought, you know what, I'll come up for the interview. So I checked out the organization looked at the mission, and I thought, wow, this is an amazing mission. It's an, it's an amazing mission of faith, of supporting people, our fellow brothers and sisters. Um, and honestly, having served the nation as, an, as a military officer for 22 years, this is better than that. I love protecting the defending the Constitution, but this is about faith and helping people, mm-hmm. and helping the most vulnerable people on the planet, regardless of their race, regardless of where they live, regardless of their upbringing, their financial status. It's about how do we help them? How do we support them? And to me, the faith has been paid back a million times. Um, one of the things that, as a CEO here, I've been the CEO here for a little over five years now. And when I walked into the CEO position uh, after a year of being here, um, it was a rather turbulent transition in many ways. Um, but one of the things that we realized is our organization was losing about $43 million a year. And we were going out of business in about three years. And I walked into something that I was not aware of. And honestly, when I think about it, the reason God unveils things to us at certain points in time is that he wants us to be able to deal with situations we have to deal with them. And if I'd known about that, that deficit and that problem before I came here, I'm not (laughs) sure I would have come here. I'm happy to report that we really turned the needle on, on this thing. And we're in a position of growth now. We're going to grow and support more people out there. And and do great things for people to promote independence. But I, I say this in a faith-based way because I'm a guy who came out of the business world, has got a Ph.D. in economics, and transitioned and used those tools to be able to help people in a faith-based way. And I've mm-hmm. always seen that intersect, uh, the intersect of how do you use the knowledge you've gained over the years and how do you use it in a faith-based way 
to help other people. And to me, that's what this place is about. We've got an awesome team here. Uh, wonderful people work here. We've got a great board of directors. Actually, one of our board of directors is Jay DeBeer, and he's actually one of your, he's your executive vice president of LHM. Um, so we've got a wonderful connection with Jay and his leadership. And it's really been, it's been amazing to watch the faith grow and the faith in this organization. It's incredible to hear how God worked through your whole journey to bring you to where you are today. Here at Lutheran Hour Ministries, we're excited to be partnering with you, too, specifically on this resource called Face to Face. Um, I want to touch on that a little bit more. Can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek about what people can expect from this resource and maybe even a little more about how they could put it into work in their lives as well? Absolutely. So the the Face to Face program is really, it's about materials. It's about trying to educate. It's about trying to integrate people. It's about sermon notes and Bible studies for all ages, uh, school materials, devotions, uh, everything's free. Uh, yeah. Everything we produce, we want to be able to give to people. Um, we want to be able to share with people so they can use that material in their faith walk. Our information can be downloaded from our website at BethesdaLC.org, BethesdaLC.org. And also, I know that you guys have material on your website, too, yeah. on the LHM.org website, where uh, people can look at that material and there's actually a free four-session course out there, I think, that you guys have posted, which is wonderful to mm-hmm. be able to spread the good news to people. So it's about sharing this material. It's about getting it out there into the churches and congregations and the Sunday school and the other Christian education to help people understand about disabilities and what that means and how we can support people with disability and create awareness and ministry across the country. Right. Well, those are some great concrete ways that people can be learning more, that education piece, be connecting to that education piece, um, and getting involved with communities of people living with disabilities. I'm wondering from your experience in this space, what wisdom you would offer to somebody, what advice you would give um, if they're looking to be helping people in their communities living with disabilities? Four words. Do not be afraid. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Do not be afraid. I I think one of the things that I I think people who've never had the opportunity and the blessing, I emphasize the word blessing, to either be around people with intellectual developmental disabilities, either where it's working with them or or eating with them or or going to church with them, do not be afraid. Mm -hmm. My, uh, My first month, when I got to Bethesda back in the fall of 13, is I went out to one of our group homes. I actually had to convince our operations team to let me do this. Is I went into a group home, and I worked a shift. I worked an overnight shift, a third shift. So mm-hmm. I would put a full day in, and I went over there at around 10 o'clock at night and uh, went over to help people. And honestly, I've been through a lot of different things in my life as a military guy, as a father of four kids, as a, as a son. But I never, ever had this feeling of trepidation in anything I'd ever done um, before I felt that trepidation going over that group home that day. And what I was fearful of was the unknown. And the unknown to me became known very, very quickly. And the known is beautiful. And the known is wonderful. And it's about helping people. It's about supporting people, whether it's making them a meal or sitting there and playing a board game or reading them a story or going for a walk, you know what, it sounds really silly for me to even admit this to you, especially in a podcast, <laughs> but but it, it really was something I didn't need to be afraid of. And I've seen that same expression of fear in a lot of people, where they just don't know what they don't know. And that's typical for, I think, this as human beings in our psychology. If we don't know something, we're afraid of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so don't be afraid. You know, step out. Uh, extend the hand. You know, help people. 
get out there and talk to people. Um, it's amazing to me, to, to the question you asked earlier about faith, the payback of faith is a million-fold in working with people like this. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, not, there's not a better mission out there. I've, I've gone to Stanford and Harvard for executive courses, and I've talked with our nonprofit leaders across the country, and there's nothing wrong with saving the environment and helping out animals and doing other kinds of things. But when it comes to saving people and supporting people, especially people who are so innocent and vulnerable like this, it's an amazing mission. It's a gift. It's a gift for, that God has given to us to help other people. And I truly believe that the culture of our organization and our mission and focus and what we're trying to do, which is very similar to what you guys are doing, is, is to be able to help people and extend that reach. Um, and I, I just hope that people who are listening to this will do that. They'll mm-hmm. actually know somebody and take that step, talk to them, uh, be with them, congregate with them, whatever that means to reach out to them. Mike, it's inspiring to hear your passion for the people that you serve and support. And um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for sharing all of this with us today. It's been a pleasure having you. Rachel, thank you for, for what you're doing, what your mission is, and what you're doing, what Jay is doing, what your organization does to spread the good news to people around the planet. Well, thank you so much. It's always um, great to have partners like you. Second Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God has created each one of us with unique gifts and talents and weaknesses. Let us treasure each other's weaknesses, for in them, Christ's power is perfected. May we be changed by this message today to care for and celebrate with those who have unique differences. May we take the opportunity to include them and love them and welcome them into our space just as Jesus did. That's Action in Ministry. I'm Rachel Legute. Thank you for listening to Action in Ministry. We'd love to hear how you and your church are ministering to your community. To submit ideas for this podcast, visit our website, lhm.org forward slash action and send us an email.